Welcome to Texas Franchise Radio, where your hosts, Josh Cherry and Robbie Marlowe, bring you all things franchising in the Texas market. Franchising is one of three growth strategies businesses can use to expand and capture market share. Effective when done right. But there's a lot to this dynamic business model. Learn from others in the industry as we bring on all levels of franchise operators and experts. Texas Franchise Radio. You ready? Let's go. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this is what you need. Repping Texas, they professionals up in the industry. What we talking about? We talking business models, investing franchises. We going full throttle. Learn about All right, what's industry. up, Conroe, Texas? This is Robbie Marlowe with Texas Franchise Radio. Got my co-host. What up, Conroe? Josh. <laughs> Josh Cherry. And then we got uh, we got Dave Monteferd with us today. Monteferd. What's going on, Conroe? <laughs> All oh, right. I said that right. Did you say that right? <laughs> no. Close no, enough. I the, the second one I did. All right. What's up, guys? You're here at Texas Franchise Radio. You know who we, we kind of reach out to. We reach out for people that are looking to franchise their business, uh, business owners that already own a franchise and looking just to learn a little bit more about the industry. We're often we're also looking to people that are looking to invest maybe right now in a corporate job looking to invest into a franchise. So uh, today, guys, we have um, Dave's actually been in the fitness industry for what about 20 years now, 20, 30 years? That's about right, 20 years. 20 years. So we Blew figured in from Tampa just to be on Texas Franchise Radio. <laughs> so you know so the, my man. <laughs> my man, you know the pool we have with Texas Franchise Radio reaching the shores of Florida. So but um so with him with Dave coming in from Tampa, uh we're going to really kind of hit on the fitness franchising and boutique fitness franchising, kind of the, the craze or what they call it when things start growing as fast as we're seeing in this industry. They call it a bubble. So we're going to talk a little bit about the bubble and what do we think the future in fitness franchising is going to be and really the boutique space. The boutique fitness. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> is this thing working? Yeah, I think so. Can you hear me? Okay. The boutique fitness bubble, is it about to pop? We heard uh, the CEO of uh, MyZone came out with some content talking mm-hmm. about, and they're, they're all old club guys. And what we know about uh, people that grew up in a certain way, old club guys, very romantic about clubs. They want yes. that to last forever. They're all coming out hard right now with content on how the boutique fitness bubble is going to pop. I don't disagree with some of the things they're saying, but I think they're missing a lot. Well, they're missing a lot and say uh, disagree with a bubble. I think, well, anything when you have private equity, if you have money flowing pretty well into it, you're going to see concepts spin off that. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a matter of time. I've got the newest mousetrap. Let me, let me try it out. And somebody's going to try to catch lightning in a bottle. So we see the, the biggest one that came out in the boutique space was Orange Theory. They came in, they knew what they were good at, and they, they delivered and they operated on that. Those guys were experienced. They knew what they were doing. They came in with a uh, mission. But when, when they had the success they're having, whether they had 1,000 units, just hit a billion in-system sales. Yep. I mean, when you have that kind of success, what's that going to oh, draw? Yeah. So everybody's oh, yeah. looking for that next, yep. that next thing. Can I put my money behind it? Can I catch lightning in a bottle? Yep. And so with that, that's going to create more concepts and create a bubble. But if you look at the statistics, and as I was getting ready for the show, one of the interesting statistics I've seen is that right now they're saying the youth, the, the youth generation is really pushing the growth of boutique fitness. And we're talking millennials. millennials. Yeah, millennials, 25 to 35 and below that is what's pushing the growth in boutique fitness. And if you're a historian, if you look at business as a whole, you kind of see that all concepts are all models are even social media, it ages up. Your kids are the youth that grabbed hold of something. And what does everybody want to do? They want to get younger. So if you're saying right now that the boutique system is being supported by that age group, and we're still missing the mark on this older generation of millennials up, I only see growth. I don't see it reducing. I only yeah. see growth. Well, that, that's one good point. So one good point is that what, you know boutique fitness right now primarily serves the younger generation, as most industries come out and do. So now it's got to scale up that generation exactly. gap. Uh, I, I think it's even more than that. Franchising as a whole is continuing to grow. In the last 10 years, it's doubled, going from 2,000 to 4,400 franchise offerings in North America. Mm-hmm. That's only going to continue. The, the boutique bubble, you're exactly right. Whenever you see somebody like Orange Theory do what they do, and then you get all these people come on, and they're just creating copycat models, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we, we've seen a lot of them. They are going to struggle because I think, Dave, I think I heard you say it on the ride over here. If you don't know why you do it that way, it makes it really hard to pivot and change with the market. So I think there's a lot of room off what Orange Theory's done, but the, the copycat straight lookalike models, they're going to have a hard time. 
Yeah, I mean, when we look at back into where the low price model, for example, started, okay? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about what? About 20 years ago when Fitness 19, Cardinal Fitness, they came up. Right after it, they said, well, it's going to be a short-term lift. Then Planet Fitness changed it, and mm-hmm. they came up with it, and now it's still going on, okay? The boutique model is still at the very, very beginning. And it's a every, baby. Yes, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just getting fine-tuned. Right now, other companies other than uh, Orange Theory are coming out and going, okay, uh, we let Orange Theory get this far. Mm-hmm. We don't have everything together yet. Let's put it together. By the time that they got it together, it's really been about a year or two years that the boutique has been exploding. So um, I would say at least 15 years. Yeah, no. I think the growth here, it's got so many ways to go. It's got ways to go that, you know, okay, now are we going to target? So a lot of them, and we all, we've all been watching Anthony, right? <clears throat> Anthony with Exponential Fitness. He's going mm-hmm. around buying up a lot of uh, boutiques, and the boutiques yeah. that they're doing are uh, built around a product. They bought up Row House. They've bought up Stride. They've mm-hmm. bought up Reach, which is a stretching model, Club Pilates. They're going, they're, Anthony and Exponential, they're buying up everything in the boutique space that's niche around product. Yeah. I think there's a lot of growth still for niche around persona, you know, serving just women like we yeah. do at Delta Life. There's going to be, there's going to be boutiques that serve just kids for athletic sports, mm-hmm. just guys. Uh, your baby boomers, you know, we, we have a good friend in California. He's coming out to see us in a couple of weeks. He's built a model already that's tailored just for baby boomers. Yep. Still got it fitness. I think, I think there's so much room for growth and going niche on persona and mm-hmm. not just product. The general public still doesn't even know about Orange Theory, which is supposed to be the most popular boutique. I, I, I ask all of you guys, go out there and ask 10 people, 10 people that are not in the fitness business, that are just clients. Ask them about Orange Theory and see how many of them are going to know about it. And you're going to find out the majority of people don't even know what this boutique that we're talking about is a bubble that's supposed to burst. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Dave, that's a good point. Well, like Josh said early on, club guys are, people are going to want to put information out there to try to divert the money from going one place to somewhere else. And that's, I think, some of it's a little misinformation. Some of it's just, you see it all, you see it in years and years in business. People are trying to protect what they have. Of course. You know what, doesn't lie? All these crazy statistics about <laughs> oh, how the totally. money is flooding towards boutique. Now, look, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to come out and say like there is no bubble because it is coming. There's going to be a lot of models that are going to close, and there already are. There's yeah. already starting to be a lot of models out there right now that are closing more units than they're open. They're just trying to outsell it because they have a low buy-in. But so there is going to be some disruption. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying there's not there's not there's the winners are going to be there. We're going to figure out there's boutique fitness is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Specialized group training fitness that hits certain modalities or certain work, uh, certain personas, certain niche, sit in certain groups where people are going to want to gather and work out. That's not going anywhere. But we are going to see um, some boutique models out there closing more stores than they open. How how is that going to happen? And how does a consumer that's looking at all these different models how do they know the difference? I think the difference from what the good ones that are going to the ones that are going to survive the next 10, 20 years versus the ones that are going to be two years from now closing more than they're opening. Well, I think you look at a couple of things. I think, uh, you know, Dave came in, he's, he's looking at other boutique brands. So he's, you've looked at them all. You kind of yes. looked at, looked at them all. He's a, obviously been in the industry for 20 years. I think he's going to have a great insight for it, but from a franchise and what, when we bring people in, we, and we usually tell them like, Hey, at the franchisor level, at the headquarter level, you have to look at who founded the company, who's the leadership team there, and the culture, and make sure, one, the culture fits with you, and then you can see yourself in that facility offering that product to make it make sense. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. And make, make money doing that. Or, you know, does it fit you and your personality? Can you be the guy beating the drum out for it, putting the name on the side of your truck? Because at the end of the day, I mean, you're, you operating that unit is going to be the success of that next level. And follow that by the structure, structure that comes from the corporate, meaning that can we replicate this particular location and do more of it? Or do we going to depend on this one personal trainer that when they leave your business, they're going to take the business with them? So when you look deeply into it, you can pretty much cross out most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to mention too many names, yeah. but for example, F45, Okay. If you don't have the right person running that, so in my opinion, the owner of F45 has to be also the trainer. If not, they're depending on this one person. 
it's a lower buy-in. I think it's a, I think it's a finishery. Mm-hmm. I think it's a finishery or an industry solution. You know, I think I, I say this all the time. I think my wife and I being in the fitness industry as long as we have, we could probably open an F45 and do really well with it. My wife and I running it, scaling our way out of it would be scary for me. You know, so no, exactly. you, you said one of the, and we had a franchise consultant that came in, God bless her. She put us on the right track. Yeah. She said, oh, you absolutely. guys are kind of all over the place. Everyone looks the same. The secret to franchising is a replicable model. Like you just said, what in your mind, or when you're looking at all these different concepts that you're traveling around looking at, what in your mind makes a replicable model? What are the important pieces that say, okay, they do have a replicable model or <clears throat> no, this is too trainer dependent. Well, I mean, uh, again, it goes back to, uh, if you're running a, a, a club, can you hire somebody with just a NASM certification and a little bubbly personality, and can that person run it? Okay, or do you need someone that actually creates a higher amount of people that are going to follow them? So do you need a leader like that? And as long as you don't need the leader, um, then you're fine. Oh, I got you. Somebody that can create a following, prove that they know how to program better than everybody else. Yeah, and you see that okay. a lot in CrossFit world right now. Yeah. You know, somebody that's got to demand you come into this gym because I program better because I've put more people on the CrossFit <laughs> Games podium. No, oh, yeah, you absolutely. Know, that's important in the CrossFit world. It's very important. So, so you're saying when you go into a studio and if they're leveraging technology or they're leveraging other things to reduce the to scale the programming to scale the programming where they're not too dependent on the trainer is a really big thing that when you go look at these models you look for. Correct, correct. And also um, one thing that was very interesting about Delta Life to me was that who is it against? Who, who are we going against? Because, uh, again, you have companies such as Eat the Frog that's, that's a photocopy of uh, Orange Theory. So anywhere that they go, they need to either go a few miles away or whatever. This particular model, in my opinion, is interesting because it has its own market a market that has not been tapped into in the last 10 or 15 years. What happened with curves? What happened with shapes? Where are all those uh, Mm -hmm. people are going? Did the market just disappear? I mean, are those people just never going to go to a women's only? Yeah. Yeah. And we said it a minute ago, the leader right now, Orange Theory, 1 billion in sales. We all know 2006 curves did 7 billion in system sales. And you're right. Where are they training now? Yeah, that market couldn't have disappeared. The market is there. They just don't have a place to go. So it makes it very, very special. A good friend of ours, Bill, out in Florida, he's been in the industry for, you know, how long? 50 years. Bill knows everybody. <laughs> he knows, he, he's been he's been in women's only con. You know, Bill, yeah. if you're listening, what's up, what's up, my friend? Uh, he's He's been in women's only for a long time. He said they've been looking at who's going to do it. I think it's, it's and I wish I could say we were, you know, geniuses. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, thought of, no, we just fell into it with the, cons- with the consumer, pushed us this direction. It's... It's going to be the next evolution of boutique. Figuring out, like you said, you can't just replicate and say we're the next Orange Theory. What are your differentiators, and and who do you serve better than Orange Theory does? Who do you serve better than Orange Theory does, and how can you serve them? And it can't be 880 men, women, and children. Yeah, what's interesting is one of the stats that I found as I was looking to get ready for the show was it said 63% of people attend boutique studios because of community aspect of it. So what's better than building the community for that person? When somebody walks in... Everybody in there is is a uh, it's like Delta Life. You go in there, it's a uh, ladies between twenty eight to forty five or fifty. They got kids. They, they all have the same issues, the same problems. They get in there, to talk. They become friends. Like it's hard to build a community like that when you're shotgun blasting everybody you're going after. Your marketing don't look like a certain way. You don't you don't build the studio for what they like. It's hard to build that community. And it almost just comes natural. Such a great point. And you teed me up for this one. You know, this is my favorite <laughs> thing to say about this whole industry. Uh, you're right. We all know. We all know that the secret to boutique fitness, the reason we're Amazon proof, the reason that we're outlasting retailers, the reason boutique fitness makes mm-hmm. more sense than food. I mean, you, you've got stats here on the top four Fortune 5000 companies this last time, boutique fitness, all the top franchise. Yep. We're, yep. We're, boutique fitness is ranking in the top 10 of all the entrepreneurial franchise forecast data. And there's a reason, right? Like, the com- and we all know that community is what's making it's, – it's not – you said it on the way over here. It's not the workout so awesome. It's that community of friends. Exactly. Now, where I think going niche on, person- or on product versus persona, where I think they messed up, and I've heard Anthony say this in a podcast, Anthony from Exponential. He's like, you know, there's always going to be a group of people that, you know, road crew in college, and they want to <laughs> hang out with their rowing buddies. Okay, 
How many of us know five people, like how many of us road crew in college miss our crewing buddies? Like name five people that road crew in college. Anybody in the studio, I'll give you 20 bucks. Anybody listen, please. Anybody <laughs> you listen, leave please. leave me a comment with five people that road crew in college, I'll give you 20 bucks. Yep. No. Now name five 38-year mothers of two that want to lose 20 pounds. Okay? We all know those. Yeah, niche on persona, better than niche on product all day long. No, absolutely. And I think going that way, the built for you concept, that's what, and we try to talk about Delta Life. Delta Life, we're a boutique studio. Yes, we're a small studio. We're uh, specialized. We can go different things. That's kind of the the legality, the, voc the vocabulary of the boutique studio. That's the Wikipedia word, yeah, you, boutique. Boutique. So do we fall into that? Yes, but we want to we want to really make people clear when when you hear about this boutique bubble, you're scared of it. We're not really a boutique studio. We're a built-for-you studio. Built-for-you really, brand. Built-for-you brand. We know who we're going for, and we're building that brand towards one part of the society that needs that. Like you said, where it curves, where those customers go, where these customers go when they want. And I think you say it really well uh, about why women that want to work at women only, it's important to them. You know, yep. it's really important yep. to them. The, the women who, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal. For the women that is a big deal, it's everything. Exactly. So I, I think when you get the, when you start understanding, instead of building for product, you start building for persona, it start opens up a lot of avenues. How many guys that are the same age that were athletes, we're in the military, and they're looking for that next community to go into. Do they have that? Um, you know, you start looking at the 55 and older would get what uh, with Bruno's uh, SGI still got it. Fitness. Still got it. Those guys, they're still there. No matter what we are, we're humans. We're still looking for to be a part of a community, a culture, a community. And when you know who you serve, exactly. you know what kind of community you can give them. The still got it fitness. You can put up the little lounge with the newspapers mm -hmm. and the news and the coffee. Exactly. And in the women's studios, we have all these great women's events, the little black dress galas, and a men's bottle. You can have free beer Friday. Like yeah. you can when you can tailor. When you know who you serve, exactly. you can give them those things. And that's how we're going to build retention and keep people. You asked me an interesting, a very club-esque question earlier today. You said, well, wh why are you not giving them nutrition? Nutrition is how you scale uh, mm -hmm. retention. That was the mentality back in the club model. In the club model, if you think about it, the club model was built on what's another amenity I can give them that the other clubs haven't yet. Rotating and, beds and, in there. And we all just amenityed out each other. Mm -hmm. We went we went showers, we went locker rooms, we went a spin class, the, the group class, the Pilates, the yoga. You know, we tried to out amenity each other. Okay, now if I can give them nutrition, body scanning, with boutique fitness model, when you know who you serve, you can build retention off community of, of knowing what they want and how they can only get it in this one place. Mm -hmm. so you can build a retention model that isn't dependent on amenities. Yeah, and when you're basing on that low, that high volume, low price point model, and you start adding amenities, people get mad when you try to, and that's what I've heard, people get mad when you try to upsell them. And you hit on it that these bigger box gyms are trying to bring boutique inside their facilities, and they're having... Uh, not a lot of success with it because they're trying to upsell a guy that's used to paying $20 a membership, $10 a membership, and they don't want to pay the extra 50, 60 bucks it's going to take to support that internally in the system. It, it just, it just, uh, it, it will never replace it. I mean, uh, again, it goes back to the lifestyle that you guys are talking about is the feel of that club. So you already have built a certain type of feel for mm -hmm. that club. You can be uh, like, okay, I'm going to create another feel instead of this feel of my club. It doesn't work like that. So exactly. So yeah, I mean, uh, as as Josh keeps going, and I've looked into these boutique models, and obviously Orange Theory idea was a genius how they did it. The biggest problem was retention, okay, and that is if 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 Orange Theory had a six month versus a three month retention, what would their numbers be? Mm -hmm. And and as this boutique idea goes out, more and more people, more percentage of the population gets aware of it more marketing done by F45, more marketing done by Orange Theory and all these big companies, you will see a tremendous increase in sales of all boutiques. Okay, mm -hmm. So picking up the right one that actually stands out, that does not compete directly with the rest of them, you can put it anywhere. Dave, yeah. that's such a great point. I, I think back to how hard it was to sell memberships for Delta Life 2013-14 because we had to educate the market. Yes. We, the, the question, what were the questions we got back then? Well, why would I pay you $120 a month when I can pay $20 at any time? Yeah, Planet Fitness, $10. When's the last fitness? time we got that question? Oh, it's been forever. They're educated from F45 and Orange Theory. They know $120 a month is going to be the average yeah. <laughs> the average price for a boutique and, studio. And I think Orange Theory taking all the arrows. and They really did. They, they, they paved the market yeah. saying, hey, we can go into a 2,000, 3,000-square-foot facility. We can pump out this amount of money to make this make sense. It's and brilliant. then everybody you know, everybody followed. And brilliant. Guys, yeah. this thing is about to blow up. I know you guys are into the uh, 
into the business of it yourself and then you can't pat yourself in the back. But I literally think that this is the most genius idea that has come out of the gym industry in decades. This thing that you guys got, Delta Life, will blow up. I'm willing to put my money on it. Well, Dave, we, we, had, we had the founding CFO of Cycle Bar in town last yep. week. We had some big players from the Crunch system in uh, weeks before that. We've had Bill in. We have, we have two to three people a week flying in right now every week, and they keep telling us that because Robbie and I study the industry, but we're not out looking at all of them like you guys are. And everybody that's come in and compared us apples to apples, what we have built, what we have figured out, the simplicity of the model. We keep hearing that, so thank you. It does mean a lot to us. We've worked, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we've worked hard to build it. On on the on the bust on the bust, I think it's I think we're very comparable to the the burger boom. Like yeah. if, if you guys listen to Business Wars podcast, they did a really good section over the burger boom. Uh, you know, McDonald's hits the scene in '55, Burger Chef mm -hmm. hits the scene in '56. You have Wendy's and some of the other ones. Burger King hit it in the '60s, right? Yep. Uh, and then so by that time, you had five or six burger models about where we are. I mean, name name five of the strongest boutique fitness models. That's about where we're at, right? Yeah. And everybody's saying like, oh, we've hit saturation. We're about to. <laughs> Bus. I mean, uh, think about how many more yeah. burger concepts that have been huge successes came after Burger King in 69. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, no, this is a brand new industry. We're just getting started. It's, We've got are, a lot of room to go. Are there going to be casualties in a brand new industry? Well, absolutely. I mean, how many fast Where's food? Where's Burger Chef? Exactly. It's I mean, there's going to be casualties. And that's, that, that's what, <laughs> when Dave was talking earlier. He goes and really studies these models and sees where they depended on, where the hole's at. You're going to have to do your research and you're going to have to look and really. Uh, Look, go with your gut or, you know, ask people like Dave, go on, go on LinkedIn, reach out to people. What are you looking for uh, to really figure out which ones are going to be able to stand the test of time? Well, this has been the favorite segment of Texas Franchise Radio for me ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, we appreciate you helping us out. Uh, do we need to kick it over to commercial break? We got, yeah. Five minutes? All right, we'll, oh, keep, man. It we, yeah, we, we'll keep it going. <laughs> we'll keep it going. Uh, Dave, so let's dive in a little bit. So started off in the industry back in the 90s. Where did you start off in the industry? Well, um, Bally Total Fitness in the in 98 was my uh, first gym. I uh, did work at about seven of them in Atlanta region. Um, after that, I followed by uh, LA Fitness. And that concept was as amazing going into month-to-month -month, uh, memberships. Uh, from that point on, we went into uh, uh, Urban Active, which was called Gold's Gym, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio. Can I stop you right there for Go a second? Go ahead. So, what, so you saw the shift from Bally trying to sell two, three-year memberships to L.A. doing 30-day cancellation policy? Correct. How, what's the difference there? Like, what, Do you think that did good things for the industry? It was great. <laughs> but, uh, I was at a Thomas Plummer uh, uh, <laughs> convention not that long ago, where Thomas Plummer is one mm -hmm. of the originals that you guys all talk about that, hey, he knows what he's talking about. He was saying that month-to-month uh, -month is a mistake. I'm like, wow, you're telling me LA Fitness is a mistake. Yeah. Okay, so again, you can't go back to people that are outdated in yeah. this industry. Yeah. You got to look at the new wave and what's going on, and this is where it's at. Well, and the whole industry as a whole has changed. I mean, you said millennials are driving boutique fitness. You know, you know what millennials are not going to do? Commit to three no, years. They, 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 don't they, they won't even buy cable. Like, right? Exactly. They'd rather just pay for what they watch with Netflix. They are not <laughs> going to sign up for a three-year gym membership. I mean, I'm the perfect. I'm, the, I'm the, a little older millennial, but I don't like buying memberships. I'll go buy sessions, and I'll pay more per session because I can go to cycle bar or different things just because the commitment part of it I don't want to pay a membership well as an owner of a gym or whatever if you have contracts what are you going to do sell them to a credit company it's 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 yeah. you, you know you got you got you got to you got to go to a pay-per-use model it'd be I mean fitness is the only if fitness is kind of arrogant and ridiculous in a couple of different uh regimes one we all want non-competes on our leases two we all want our consumers to sign <laughs> yeah. up with us for, for lifetime contracts like fitness get over yourself make a better product than yes. your competitors exactly and, and go on a paper service model you yeah know, and 30 day I mean, cancellation policy i'm okay with that i like that 30 day cancellation policy makes sense but you know if, if you've got to trick people into getting a three-year contract because you know you can't compete with the competition that's just and then you got to build this giant upfront sales consultation process where you spend an hour and a half with people trying to tell them how miserable their life is yeah, and how get somebody that's probably not <laughs> you walk into a gym you probably haven't used a gym in a while and then get me to sign up for a three-year <laughs> commitment that's that's a that's a tough that's a tough sell man and i'm gonna come twice too <laughs> yeah that's a and, tough and, sell and i'm gonna be mad and regret my buying decision for the rest of my life you know yeah. like and gosh, from, from history, it's shown us that women are more loyal to their gyms. And, and that's been the case, whether it comes from the employee base, 
or whether it comes from the client base. So that actually helps. As long as you have the right people working there, your retention should be higher just automatically because of that. Especially if you can give them a safe place that's built just for them and then build some community and then incentivize them to come 18 times in the first six weeks. Yeah, and really then addicted. put on events throughout the quarter that they're going to be right for it's them, have childcare that they can bring their kids. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a slam dunk. Sounds like a slam dunk. <laughs> I'm still looking for the flaws today. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Bill told us the same thing. Bill's like, you know, he's like, in every model we've examined, he's like, there's usually. 50 to 60, on the ones you're going to go with, there's 50 to 60% of things you like, and then you have the other 40, you're trying to figure out, you know, how to overcome the holes. He's like, I don't see one here. And, there's, he, and he's talked to a lot of people, you yeah. know. So that's cool. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm big on flaws. I'm trying to look for it. And so far, I'm, I'm speechless of what you have over here. Just keep digging. You'll find yeah. some. <laughs> Maybe the flaws are just Robbie and me. Yeah, could be. <laughs> All right. We're going to kick it over to a commercial, Conroe. We'll be right back to keep talking about awesome Delta Life Fitnesses. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com, in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, get in the business. Well, this is what you need. I can listen to that song all day long. Uh, that, <laughs> that little ditty that Robbie sang for us to, yeah, so to get us going. Anybody out there is looking for a jingle, you know. I freelance, <laughs> I freelance rap in the, my free time, so. Conroe, Texas, what's up? Welcome back. We've got our friend Dave here. Flew in from Tampa to hang out with us, uh, looking at uh, one of two people flying in this week to check out Dust Life and learn a little more. Thanks for making the trip. We appreciate you. I've uh, had a great time so far. Yeah, we're going to get some We're <laughs> gonna get some good Texas food here in a minute after the radio show. But 25 years in the industry, man, you bring a lot. We learn every time, every time somebody like you comes in. We, we learn a lot, too, so we enjoy it. Uh, let's, con- let's continue. So we're talking about this. $84 billion global industry, $26 billion market. And we're just talking fitness clubs, $26 yes. billion here in North America, uh, where it's going. We've, we've seen, you know, from the seventies where it was only tailored toward, you know, people who wanted to really get big and train. There wasn't moms in the gym back then. We know Paul Fetters on the East coast or yep. the West coast has told us that story when like the very first mom went into gold's gym and asked for personal training and how that shifted the whole trajectory. You came on mid nineties. You've seen a lot of changes. We've went through the Valley to LA bring So where are we at now? So, so, you know, I mean, as, as you saw the changes going from uh, Valley total fitness contracted to month to month by LA fitness to low price model that eventually the name became like the planet fitness behind the whole thing. But fitness 19 was the one that pushed out. And obviously after that orange theory and boutique model, here's my question. What is this excitement about crunch that I'm hearing all over the place? Millions of dollars of investment, millions of dollars. 
isn't that, uh, are we getting more members than Planet Fitness? Because the model is the same with a higher overhead. Yeah. Do more people come to it because they have uh, Olympic lifting also in there? I mean, do they get more members than, than Planet What am I missing here? Because I don't see it as a, uh, as a good opportunity, and I'm seeing some great names in there, such as Mark Mastroff and... And Jeff Dyer, some of the great old names yeah. in the industry have joined up, but I don't understand this model. So uh, for the listeners that don't know the difference between Planet Fitness and Crunch, we're saying Planet Fitness. Crunch is just Planet Fitness, but added some Olympic lifting and maybe some other amenities in it. A lot of other service-based classes, too. They've got all the group okay. training classes. You know, where it's Planet, it's the shell. You can go mm-hmm. in, you get your stuff. You got you can basically run all Planet with, what, one employee? <laughs> you know, <laughs> whereas Crunch, I mean, you're talking a full-blown operation. So, okay. it, you know, it's... As a member, is great. But, yeah. but when you're talking about do you get a higher percentage of people joining in that area because you're uh, a Planet versus a Crunch, I don't see that. Most people are cardio-based, mm-hmm. okay? So you're not going to get a ton more people that want to do Olympic lifting that are going to jump on crunch. Those type of people go to boutiques like, such as CrossFit. So what are you adding? All you're adding is a bunch of overhead. Again, you know, I see this as all the, all the models in the, in the big box space that have tried to copy Planet. Mm-hmm. Again, they've taken Planet and added different amenities. Like, to yep. me, they still get it wrong. You know <laughs> why Planet was so freaking good? They knew who they were going after. And they built. They had a persona, and they built the entire model around one dude. The 40-year-old dude that's intimidated to go to any other gym and won't. he's never worked out in his life. How many videos have we seen where somebody sets off the lunk alarm, you know, like... Like that, you don't add that into a normal gym, but if you know who you serve, you can add little things like that that make it. It wasn't. It wasn't. Shareable. It wasn't a low price overhead model that made Planet explode. They knew who they were going for. Yeah. And because they knew who they were going for, they could maintain a low cost model that maintained members. Yeah. So if you try to come out and replicate that with a Crunch, who, who does Crunch serve, and what are the three uniques? Who does Crunch serve, and what are the three things that make them different? Uh, if you look at the slogan, it tells you it's the same people. No judgment or judgment-free. Oh, yeah. Same exact that. slogan oh, really? for both companies, right? Yeah. It's the, same, it's the same people. It's nothing different. You're getting a little bit of extra uh, on, on younger guys that are kind of like getting into Olympic lifting that you're pulling into that. But basically, I don't see, and, and the numbers are showing that there is not more members in Crunch yeah. than a Planet. When, when I look at Crunch, it doesn't scream to me the person who hasn't been working it. Like the way Planet, like Planet, I mean, they just branded everything around it, like the free pizza stuff, like everything. Yeah. Crunch to me is kind of an intimidating brand. Like, I, like I'm, I'm pretty like I like I work out at Golds right now. I have a membership at Golds. Like I work, like even, Crunch would be a little intimidating for me. So yeah, well, the logo, it's got a fist punching through, like, <laughs> yeah. or crunching something, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the point is that as, uh, <laughs> as investors or as business owners, uh, I would imag- imagine that rate of return is what you're looking for, okay? So yeah. if, if you're not getting those numbers, what's the point of you? You just want to go for a prettier club? It is more pretty than the planet, I'll tell yeah. you how much. You know, and I don't know enough about the club space. I don't to be able to hold an intelligent conversation here. But I, I, but I keep hearing from all the big guys in the club industry that keep flying in and talking to us. Like, uh, it seems like they've got a lot to figure out there too. Still, it's, it's it's running at the tail end of the low price model. They kind of tweaked it so they can sell a different product. In my opinion, if you're planning on doing that, just buy Planet. Try to get into Planet. There's still room. You can still go into a low-price model if you really need to. I still think that that's the tail end of it, but um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't invest that much money just to uh, create yeah. that much overhead. Oh, I, I wish, like you said, there are some really we know some really smart guys sitting at the top of Crunch. There's some really got smart guys sitting at the top of Golds, but mm-hmm. all these old, I mean, like half these people that have been flying in to check us out and that are that are making the big shift from the club to the boutique, they're coming out of that old club model. So. You know, but there's got to be a lot of room still. I mean, there's 50 million Americans with health club memberships, right? Like, mm-hmm. what, and when you look at them, I mean, Gold's doesn't even they they discontinued their franchise uh, their franchise offering altogether. They're bringing them all back in house. Like, when I, why, why are they not figuring out who they serve different instead of every club out there trying to serve everybody? Why are they not narrowing down exactly who they serve? I mean, because Gold's used to be the bodybuilder place. Like you went to like, now it's not. I mean, you seen the new <laughs> yeah. ones they made in the woodlands. Like 
I'll bring my 12 year old daughter in there with me and she'd feel right at home. Like, yeah. why are we not building? Why are the clubs not narrowing in on a persona and building a community around bodybuilders, people who haven't worked out in a while? You know, why are we not doing that? Unless you shrink it down. Like if you say, hey, I'm going to go for nothing but bodybuilders and your goal is gym and you're at 20,000 square foot, you got to be able to support that. And the only way they say, hey, how we can support it is lower model and then blast it out and hopefully we can get bigger net, bigger net. And hopefully we can get those people to come in. Now, if you're going to if you're going to drive that down and you're going to say, hey, I'm going to build nothing but bodybuilders, you're going to have to figure out how do I get a gym that has all the amenities that a bodybuilder needs and put it into a boutique space. Dave's like, I created a whole concept in this space. <laughs> if you guys would shut up and let me answer, I'm ready to go. Well, you know, I mean, uh, again, going to Gold's Gym, Gold's Gym, uh, Gold's Gym tried Gold's Gym Express. Have you guys seen into that? And they tried to go into the mm -hmm. low price model. What they did was they took 35,000 square foot and they just scaled it to 10,000 with the same amenities. Total failure. Was it? it? Yeah, total failure. It doesn't work like that. And yeah, Gold's Gym, um, I, don't know, I don't know who's all running it from the top, but uh, they're definitely running it to the ground. And I guess the best one that's probably tried to minimize uh, the big box gyms, probably Anytime Fitness. And, and the they, big, I think the best one, yeah, the one that's, that, that's hit scale. They, they've scaled scale. it the most. And <clears throat> we, we had the pleasure of uh, hearing those guys speak at the International Franchise Association Conference in mm -hmm. Vegas. And, you know, he said whenever whenever they were at like 100 units, there was about five other 24-hour access models mm -hmm. that were all at about 100. And they're the only ones that hit scale to the tune of 4,000 units. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what those guys did to give them an advantage. You know, Chuck Runyon, um, when he put that product out, it was like a neighborhood gym. It mm -hmm. actually had its own feel. You, uh, you, you charge a little bit higher than uh, uh, some of the other gyms out there, but you only needed 500, 700 members or whatever to create a Smart job model. for yourself as an owner. Okay, yep. That's what it was. You made $70,000, $100,000, and it was a job. It's a lot of headache. Uh, and it was great at that point. But now what's happening is that low price models are coming to the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So now they're going head to head against these. The boutique of their choice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Uh, and that's yeah. why you see any times right now they're struggling everywhere. Man, Dave is good at shooting holes. <laughs> I just want to like line up like 15 concepts. Yeah. Like rapid fire them over to Dave and let him just pick them through yeah. what's and, and I'm I'm guessing they're they're looking at that. They probably see it and they're probably trying to work around it. I'm interested in seeing what they're I would love to, to sit in and, and hear I tell you what their idea is. Drop the price. That's Drop, what they're well, trying. And it's they're a going down to nineteen dollars a month. Yeah. Remove the remove the long term contracts, drop to month to month. Long term Again, contracts. it's like it's 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 a nightmare what they're going through. I kind of feel bad for any time owner uh, owners right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can get on biz by sell. I mean, you can pick up if you want it any time right now. I mean, you can pick them up for assumption of the rent. I mean, they're yeah, they're going to they, they just bought what base camp a couple months ago. They did buy base. So they're getting they're getting into the boutique space as well. And again, that's why I like, you know, the question is the boutique bubble going to burst. Then why is literally everybody vacating yeah. that way? Big box guys anytime just bought up base camp, all private, all PE money, all private yeah. equities moving towards a boutique model. I think it's just. And, and if everybody's moving this way at rapid speeds, private equity, everybody, and now we can go instead of like where you had one Gold's Gym in a tri-county area, now you can put one boutique or five boutiques in every neighborhood. We are literally just getting started. We haven't even scratched the yeah, surface. And that's a cut that's hurting the big box gyms too because do I want to ride two minutes from my house or do I want to ride 15 minutes to my house? And right now, convenience is outweighing price by a lot. Especially with a community of people who look just like you. Exactly. Guys, boutique is the next one. It is the next one. It's, it's, if, if you don't know that, you don't know the fitness business enough, okay? Boutique is at the very beginning, and it is the next one. The question is, which one? Which mm -hmm. one would you like to go into? Orange Theory has a great concept, very good concept. However, um, markets are sold everywhere, so you to get into them. You have to own $10 million and you got to go to Sweden. Okay, so <laughs> other than that, you're not going to get in. It doesn't work like that. Okay, copies such as Eat the Frog, great concept. However, now they have to go into the same markets as Orange Theory, go head to head. Um, so an idea like F45, great mm -hmm. idea. However, it's got to be owner operator, very difficult to run from outside. Um, now we're going into a women's boutique. It's something that's been missing out of the market. It's been missing for 10, 15 years out of the market. 
we're taking the idea of F45, Orange Theory, and then coming up with a concept that the market is wide open for it. This is it, guys. This is the next one. Well, I mean, I, I don't, do we just wrap the show yeah. up after that? We just leave? <laughs> I promise we don't pay Dave to say no. those things. He literally flew in last night. We yeah. met him this morning. Yeah. Uh, and again, we keep we keep we keep hearing it's good things, man. I'm excited because we got a lot of our uh, we got a lot of our franchisees listening right now. We got Just Jansen and Jen Taylor. Uh, you got to be feeling good about your buying decision after yeah. after hearing what Dave just said uh, about the boutique fitness industry and where we're heading. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot too to make sure that that gets there. We've got to continue to innovate. We've got to. Yeah. It's, it's a bottom up refinement. You know, the franchisees mm-hmm. are out there kicking butt, executing right now. They send up their feedback. We rework everything. We we we, we we're far from having made it. We've got a lot of work left. Yeah, uh, that's what's scary about um, some of these brands that have three open and four hundred sold in the franchise world is that you have to have that feedback loop from franchisees, especially early on the pioneers. In the first 15 units, 10 to 15 units, they're really more entrepreneur than the guy that's going to buy the 100, 200 as of wanting to create something. So you need to make sure that those early pioneers, you create a feedback loop and they're feeding you feedback and you're fine-tuning your product. So when you hit that scale, you can hit that mass scale and get to 400 units, 500 units, 1,000 units and sustain it and not, oh, we should have fixed that 10, you know, at unit 10, but we just blew past it and just, hey, we just got to sell, sell, sell. So that's a lot of things when, if you're looking to go buy a, um, into a franchise, sit down and talk to those guys and, and talk to them and understand what are they really looking at. And I think, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, you talked about going to brands and hearing what uh, they're spending their money on or what they're doing. They're not really having their eye on what's important in their system. Well, a couple, a couple of things. Like, and, and you know, there's going to be a couple of good ones out there. And we've actually met some of them that I think are going to do really well. And, and I don't want to say too many names either, but see what their burn rate is at headquarters mm-hmm. level. Like, yep. are they fiscally irresponsible? If they're burning 100000 a month at the headquarters level, I'm not sure how long they can sustain Cause, that. Because franchising is a long game. It's a long, long game. And, you know, and to be honest, Robbie and I messed that up early on, the feedback loop. And it's not that we intentionally, we just, one, when you're a pioneer brand, you have so many different things going out there. You don't know what to listen to. You're trying to create a standardized offering. Now, if we had to do it again, it'd be easy now because yep. now we know. Come up with your best guess because at unit one, that's what it is. Yep. Your best guess of what it's going to be. Then you have them go operate. They give you the feedback and you come back in. And when you when you first build a brand from scratch like we did and you go from a parks and parking lots to, you know, what we have today. Yeah. Uh, some of the pioneers are going to have to innovate and figure out certain things, right? So you go to the pioneers, you find out what they're doing that's working well. You reclassify that to see how it fits back in the system. You build. We've done that. Mm-hmm. And at first we didn't, but we've been really good the last few years about going to people that are crushing, okay, this guy's really good at lead acquisition. What is he doing different than the rest of our franchisees? This guy's really nailing program delivery. What is he doing different? You know, and taking those things, systematizing them, re-putting them back into the system, getting a uniform offering back to the franchisees, let them execute on the uniform offering, whatever's working or not working, feedback back in, that goes back out. Like that's it, that's a constant work and refinement that you have to do when you go from a And you see that from what? One to twenty units. If yeah. you do it right, if you do it right, then you should have a replicable model that gets you from thirty to a hundred. But mm-hmm. then you're gonna have to rebuild again at a hundred. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a uh, that it's all interesting world to me. I enjoyed learning and talking about all of it. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. All right, so what what what? So then you then you build uh, your own your own concept, and you learn a lot doing that. Right after uh, after working. Uh, Gold's Gym, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, uh, and um, and seeing the rebranding from that to Urban Active, um, uh, decided to go into consulting. And after consulting, I actually came up with a concept that was very similar to Crunch, but about half the size. And that was around 2009, uh, 10,000 square foot, basically low price model with high personal training and functional training areas. It did uh, very well for the last uh, 10 years or so, and um, now I'm trying to uh, get out and uh, ride the boutique yeah. wave. Nice, nice. Well, man, thanks. It's been fun having you on the show. We've <laughs> yeah, been having me. We ready to kick it over to uh, everybody's favorite part of the show, a little Stump the Chump action? Are we ready to roll into it right now? Do we need to go to a commercial break? We're good, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, everybody's favorite part of the show. I'm usually used to coming off a break on this, so let me... <laughs> <laughs> but it's Stump the Chump, guys. Everybody knows uh, that's listening right now. I assume you know what Stump the Chump is, but if not, um, basically it's going to be Jazzy Josh 
versus Diamond Dave, and we're going to do a little question. Um, and I'm going to have four questions for each group, and the loser that don't answer the right questions uh, has to wear the stump and chump hat that we don't have. we got to get a hat. we got to get I, something. i got to interrupt you. Jess threw us up a super sweet comment, so i got to read Jess' comment. She said, uh, tell you what, I wouldn't have become a franchisee if it weren't for these for these two leading this. I don't know if she's just saying that because uh, she's just being <laughs> sweet on air. Jess, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no, Jess, you. thank you so much. Jess is uh, one of our newest operators. She's opened over in Phoenix. She's doing a great job. Good job, Jess. Sorry, that was a public no, service no. announcement. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, basically four questions for each party. Uh, the person who gets the most questions win. Uh, Dave, just understand, Josh has never won this, so I like to keep it that way. My day is today, Dave. You're going down. <laughs> But we usually start off with maybe uh, an easier question, and then we'll go into some harder questions. Today, um, I actually went over some general just information over social media in the last 10 years, some facts. Uh, social think, media 10 years. Uh, it's kinda, I feel good about this topic. Kind of interesting. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I'm going to start off with Josh. It's going to be an easy one, Chad, dude. He has a lot of notes in front of him. <laughs> he does have a lot of notes. <laughs> but uh, basically, uh, I'm going to shoot up an easy one for... Um, you and Josh. Um, so, Josh, which spacecraft set off for Jupiter in 1972? What spacecraft? Uh, Sputnik. No. That's a satellite. Whoops. <laughs> Pioneer 10. <laughs> okay. All right, Dave, this one's to you. Uh, who won the 2018 NBA Finals? Oh, oh wow. 2018? Yeah, last year. Spurs? Uh, they're, uh, they're in California. The Not Fran. Lakers. No, no uh, uh, San Fran, Golden State. Warriors. There you go. <laughs> All right, one for Dave. <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why he keeps losing. <laughs> that's supposed to keep... <laughs> yeah, you see now. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, um, I didn't know if you knew it or not. I was just yeah, trying man, to. for a softball question. That, that was, was risky. No, yeah. I know. So, yeah. But he got it. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. He to totally yeah. knew it. He totally knew it. Totally. Every second, Josh. How many hours of video is added to YouTube? Jeez. Every second. Every second, how many hours of video is loaded to YouTube? I know they're no longer the number one. Facebook is now the number one. Uh, and this could be outdated information. Like, but I try, up, to get, so. I try to get everything up current to 2019. So YouTube's no longer the, the leader here, but how many? Uh, so I'm going to say 50,000 hours every second. Every second. Uh, Dave, do you have a number? I have no idea. I mean, it's like Price is Right. Let's say, <laughs> let's say 100 or 50,001, just to get closer. You said 100 as the first yeah. number, 100? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's 500 hours, so Dave gets that one. He said 100,000. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. It's, well, well, it's what? It's, it's 500 hours 500. every second. No, oh, that's not near as much as I thought. Yeah. That's still a lot. I mean, no, 500 hours second. of video yeah. every second, that's a lot. All right, so uh, Dave, this one's to you. True or false, the total population of Facebook is six and a half times greater than the United States. Okay. True or false? True. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. All right. Uh, Josh, uh, what is the bird's name on the Twitter logo? Uh, tweet. Tweet. <laughs> Uh, it's actually uh, Larry. It was named for Larry Bird, Larry, the, the okay. basketball player. Uh, you know, I oh, didn't wow. know that. I so, didn't know. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. That's why I put it on here. Like, I, I didn't know it either. Um, so, um, let me see. Hold on. Uh, LinkedIn has 590 million users right now, Dave. How many are act, uh, active monthly? Uh, 50. 50 million? Uh, Josh? I'm going to go with 51 million and go ahead and share up a uh, for sure point here. Yeah, it's uh, active. Um, they have 590 million users. Actively monthly is 290 million. 290 oh, wow. Million. So Josh got a point. Congratulations, <laughs> John. All right, uh, Josh. Uh, February 19, 2014, Facebook purchased what growing social media company? What year? 2014. In 2014, Facebook, Instagram. Purchased what growing social media company? Instagram. Uh, it was WhatsApp for $19 billion. So I thought that was a lot of money. Like Instagram was $1 billion. WhatsApp, $19 million. I don't, I mean, I don't even use WhatsApp. $19 billion? $19 billion. Wow. I used it when my sister was in Italy. That's how we texted each other. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, it's an it's, it's, it's international texting platform. Makes that super easy. Yeah, so I thought, we hear all the bad things about uh, social media, so I thought this was a good one. Through Facebook, how much money was giving uh, to charities uh, by their users? You know, you can, on your birthday, oh, yeah, yeah. donate. So what, what do you think the total? Well, in one year? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Quite total today? To, to date, to date. 
Uh, I think that's what it was today. One that, billion. One billion. Uh, nine hundred and ninety-nine million. Three hundred million. Oh yeah. So I got two points. So two points. <laughs> All right. So um, actually, um, you know, Dave took it down with three points. So congratulations, right, Dave. Well, well done, sir. Well done, sir. <laughs> good try, Josh. Uh, man, covered a lot of good stuff on this show. I think. I think the the main takeaways. Uh, boutique fitness. We're just getting started. Yeah. The bubble gonna pop. I don't see that. I think, I think uh, Dave hit it 15 years away. We're 15, 20 years away from something like that. We're still on the early, early stage. Now, of that. like with any with any exploding industry, is there going to be a lot that don't make it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, do your research if you're getting if you're getting caught up because they're on all the top entrepreneurial lists. They're on all the the, the franchise Forbes list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're getting caught up, know that not all boutique fitness studios are made the same. Go investigate them. Find out how many stores they're opening and closing. Go talk to their operators. Figure out how they're number one most important thing. How do they add new members every week? <laughs> well, like look at like look at their system. How do they actually yeah. add new members every week? You know, and go talk to some of the store operators and figure that stuff out. And then look at you know, do they have a play? Are they just another Me Too brand, Orange Theory that's going to have to compete with Orange Theory? Or do they have some uniques and they know how they're different? So, uh, the boutique fitness b- b- bubble busting, no. Are we going to see some models that don't make it and don't survive? That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's any franchise concept, any service-based, whatever you're going to go into. If it's fast food, if it's retail, you're going to have uh, concepts that don't make it that either was funded early on with a lot of money and didn't understand how to run a balance sheet or a profit and loss and just ran out of money or didn't have the legs to do it or had fast growth and didn't, didn't have the operations to catch up with the growth and that at the unit level the sales aren't happening. Uh, if you're looking into a franchise, make sure you do your validation calls. Make sure you do a little research on what questions to ask. Ask them questions like that. Hey, operationally, how are you making sales at the – see if it's the owner of that store saying, hey, no, I've had to create it up myself, or is there an operation to follow? Follow us on Texas Franchise Radio. You can reach out to me and Robbie. Robbie and I will be more than happy to help you. If it's fitness or any kind of concept, we'll put you in touch with the right franchise brokers. Uh, we'll help you on this journey. Entrepreneurship is just going to explode. Like I said, oh, we're at 4,400 franchise offerings in North America. That's going to 10,000 in the next 10 years. That's insane. So uh, it's, it's a big explosion, not only in boutique fitness, but in franchising. Franchising is getting more and more popular. Yeah. A lot more people want to work for themselves. If you're confused or have questions about that, reach out to us. Dave, really appreciate you flying in all the way from Tampa to come hang out with uh, the folks of Conroe and jump on Texas Franchise Radio, man. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. It's been a great, amazing uh so far, let's see what the rest of the day brings us. <laughs> We're going to get some good food. Any uh, any good food spots around here in Conroe? Where should we go eat? I don't know. Oh, there's several. Okay. We are talking about fitness, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we work out so we can eat. Uh, yeah. That's the... yeah, there's several great places Where's the best here. place around? Uh, it depends oh, on what kind of food. Throwing them on the spot. The two in wa- uh, walking would be uh, Redbrook Tavern and then also Pacific Yard House. Uh, the Corner Pub for sandwiches, and then Conroe Coffee for coffee and basically kind of coffee kind of food. But if you're looking for a hearty meal, I would say Pacific Yard House. Okay. Pacific Yard House, here we come. Yeah. <laughs> People of Conroe, uh, your adult life is coming. We're actually about to, when we leave here, we are gonna we are going to get some lunch, and then we're going to go by and check out um, a couple of sites we're looking at putting the new Conroe Delta Life Fitness. Probably going to end up on 105 somewhere, so we'll, we'll keep you updated. Yeah. That will be coming very soon, though. Thanks, guys. We'll yeah, see you thanks. soon. Thank you for listening to Texas Franchise Radio, where we bring on all the local franchise experts. If you liked the show, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions you'd like answered live on the show, send them to at Texas Franchise Radio on Facebook. Till next time. Texas Franchise Radio. You ready? Let's go. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live, and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this.